Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You know, from that uh, familiar theme song, you have stepped into the steam room, which is presented by Tissot, the official watch of the NBA. Uh, along with Charles Barkley, this is Ernie Johnson. Thank you, loyal steamers, for uh, continuing week in, week out uh, to join us for the podcast. Uh, and uh, we uh, encourage you to subscribe wherever you subscribe to your podcasts. Chuckster, how are you today, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. You know, it's, uh, I'm excited. It's a big week for the Chuckster. Woo! Just a few days away. A couple of days away, man. I'm so excited. So I cannot wait for Saturday. But, uh, you know, I hate to do this, Ernie. But, you know, I think we're just getting to the age where people around us are passing away. So I want our podcast to be fun. But so we have some fun. I got to give a couple of tributes out. Okay. So this is first of all. And you, uh, yes. you, you go ahead. Man, I was so sad to hear about my man, Mike Pearl, passing away. And for people who don't know, Mike Pearl is one of the guys who was influential with me coming to Turner. He's a legend in the TV world. You know, he came to the studio a couple of years ago to say hello. And it was like, yeah, yeah, it was like hugging a friend who I hadn't seen in a long time. Like he had never left. Yeah, he came out to the set with us, Chuck, and we took a... Uh took pictures with him and uh no that was a that was a rich night uh, for all of us for sure man so i just want to thank mike pearl for everything he did for turner uh not just turner the entire tv world man and he will be missed no his influence was felt on so many shows that people have have watched through the years i mean you go back to the old nfl today uh, when you had phyllis george and brent musburger and irv cross and jimmy the greek and mike pearl produced that worked Monday night football. He worked Super Bowls, the Olympics. He worked with us. And when you have a chance to work with somebody like Mike Pearl, you treasure that time because you look at his resume before he starts walking the hallways where you're working and you say, man, now this guy has been there and done it uh, at the highest level. And so you know that you're, the direction you're going to get there is, is going to be top drawer. That's for sure. Yes. Well, uh, Ernie, you kind of stepped on my second of all. I want to give a shout out to the family of the late Irv Cross, first black analyst on television ever. You know, Ernie, one of my regrets is I tried to reach out to Irv Cross a couple years ago just to say thank you, and I never got around to it. And now I regret that I didn't get to tell him thank you. Uh, So I want to acknowledge Irv Cross and thank him for everything he did for all us black broadcasters in general. I think you make a great point there, Chuck, too. And we've talked about this in the past, too, that when you have the intention of getting a hold of somebody, yeah, don't let that. Yeah. You know, you, and we're all guilty of it. You kind of let it pass and say, oh, yeah, I'm going to get to that next week or I'm going to get yeah. to that in two weeks. Or, yeah, that's uh, that's just one of those things where, man, when the when that prompt hits you and, you know, kind of taps you on the shoulder, man, you just got to you got to act on it and you do and do all you can to to make that happen. Shout out to Mike Pearl and Herb Cross. Rest in peace. All right, Chuckster. And bringing up the name Mike Pearl, you know, we think about the long 
history of uh, the show we work on inside the NBA, which is going to be that long history going to be chronicled in a four-part docu-series called The Inside Story, which begins on Thursday night, March the 4th. And um, when we come back on the steam room, we will talk about that doc. We'll talk about what 30 years of the show have meant to uh, to all of us and uh, bring a couple of guests on in the uh, along the way. So the steam room coming back right after this. We welcome you back to the steam room presented by TSO, the official watch of the NBA. Now, Charles, Every time we have a guest, it's always a special, special no, guest. No, 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 but no. not every time. I know this is just a guest because special, special guests are people we we feel like. Wow, we get to talk to them. Magic Johnson, Doctor Fauci, Killer Mike, Van Jones. Yeah, 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 Van Jones. But this is just a guest, Ernie. This is somebody we talk to all the time. Hey, Kenny, I'm going to tell you this for the last time. It's Kenny Smith, if you haven't guessed. Yeah. Last night, I'm sitting in the bar with Adam Lefko and one of my friends, Jason. Kenny walks up on me like we friends. I'm going to tell you this for the last time, Kenny. The only the only reason I hang out with you is because they pay me. Don't act like we're friends in public. Don't walk up on me when I'm out in my regular life. Well, don't scream my name. And say, Adam, get up so Kenny can sit down. No, don't say that. Adam, you get up so Kenny can sit down. It's COVID. You can only have a certain amount of people, and Adam, you're kicked out. Adam got kicked out, Ernie. No, you didn't kick Adam Lefko. No, out. we kicked we kicked out Jason. But also he bought his he bought his mascot with him, Ernie. His friend Jermaine. He's got this, he's, he's a mascot, I call him. His trainer. It, yeah, okay. And first of all, his trainer. No, he's my, he's actually, Jermaine has become my Atlanta brother. <laughs> like, like he's my Vince of Atlanta. I have my regular Well, brother. why don't you get him some shirts to fit? He wear those mediums so it look like he's all bulked up. <laughs> he, why don't he get some shirts to fit? He won't look all oh muscle. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. Anyway, how you doing, Ernie? I'm great, Jet. Um, obviously, we'll be working uh, on this on this night, uh, but also at the conclusion of the night, we don't have a post game show because the first installment of the uh, docu series, the Inside Story, chronicling 30 years of Inside the NBA, airs tonight, right after the uh, Heat and Pelicans. So. Yeah, we just wanted to talk about the uh, talk about the doc a little bit and uh, how excited everybody is to see it because man, there was so much work that went into this thing and it's going to be four parts and man, I don't know. Have you guys have you been able to preview it? Because I know I was sent that. I think you guys were sent it too. And Cheryl Ann and I sat down and watched the whole thing. Man, it's so well done. Yeah, all that editing I did, Ernie. It's just yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I said no editing room for days. Have you watched it? I have not watched it. I wanted to watch it live. Okay. I wanted to watch it live with the commercials, with, you know, kind of see it. Uh, At first, I was not going to watch it, honestly, because I have a rule that I really don't watch our show after we on it. And then I was like, but this is different. This is you have to watch this because I I, I want to, you got to relive those memories but I didn't realize, like, I started to realize how much we were in the, in the fabric of pop culture. Like, people walk around, and, I, and they don't even, like, see me at times, or they'll be, be in a hotel, 
and someone will be like, they'll be playing, let's say, a board game. And they'll go, oh, you're going fishing. And I'm like, I'm like oh, we not, that comes from me and us. Or they're like, oh, you're shacked in the fool. Like, and you're like, oh, my. Oh, tell me, you're terrible. You're ter and, they're, and they're saying things in, their, in a normal setting in their lives that we've created. And that's why I was like, that's special. Are you going to watch it, Chuck? At some point, I'm going to watch it. When I get, like, time, and I'll probably watch two episodes at a time. The thing that's really hilarious to me, when you know, when you see the trailer, you forget how many stupid things we've done. No doubt. I mean, like, because it's been 20 years. Very few people can have a recollection of everything they did 20 years ago. And some of the fun, stupid stuff, and this is just on the trailer. So I cannot wait to go back and relive some of those moments. And I want to give a shout out to the entire team, especially Audie who put it together, because you could do a 10-part series if you really wanted to. Exactly. I mean, to have 20, yeah. yeah, to have 20 years, just my 20 years, Ernie 30, Kenny, I want to say about 25. I mean, like the notion that you can squeeze that down into like a few hours is absurd. Yeah, you know, you mentioned uh, Audrey Martin, who is the uh, the producer of the Inside Story and uh, is also part of the podcast. And she is uh, she's here. She doesn't know she's going to be on the podcast, but she is. So let's unmute uh, Audrey Martin and bring her on. And uh, and and Audrey can kind of tell us what. I don't know what all went into this, how you decide what gets in, what gets out. Where do you even start when you're trying to chronicle 30 years of a show, Audrey? Well, this is a surprise. Hi, Ernie. Hey. Yeah, I think that was the biggest challenge at first was a lot of the footage wasn't digitized. So we were actually bringing boxes full of tapes to Turner, putting them in the system to make them digital, and then going through and watching 30 years worth of shows. So that was such an adventure. It was kind of a treasure hunt. You know, we went through and watched all the post-game shows and we logged them so that we could go back and search for certain keywords. And there would be people who would, in an interview, say, this was my all-time favorite moment. You've got to make sure that makes the documentary. And so then we'd have to go back and dig through all this footage to find it. And it was always so satisfying and exciting when we, when we would you know, find those moments. And that points out all of the work that has to be done you talk about the crew that you had working on this, but to sit down and at a keyboard, you log the time and where it can be found and what was said. And I mean, that is backbreaking work. We've been working on it since 2018. Wow. When we sat down, you and TK in a sound studio to hear you tell the story of the history of the show. We thought it was just going to be an oral history podcast originally. And then I took that audio to Craig Berry and he listened to it and said, you know, we've really got something special here. A lot of fans don't know this story and don't know about Kenny joining and why Charles picked TNT over NBC. And we want to tell that story visually. So it snowballed into a documentary and then a four part documentary. So yeah, it's been about three years worth of work, and it's a, a credit to that team 
to, to bring it to life. It would have been great if he picked NBC because he would have had to come back begging because they don't have the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> hey, first of all, hey and, I, and first of all, I want to apologize to all the podcast people that the prettiest person we've probably ever had on the show has got a mask on. They have to look at our three faces. Yeah, I'm actually in the office right now watching the final cuts of the shows. So making sure everything's ready to go to air and We've been working down to the very last minute, and hopefully people enjoy what we've made. Oh, look at this fool put his mask on. He in a room by himself, and he put a mask on. You said the prettiest people wear the mask, so <laughs> I just put my mask on to make sure yeah. that I fit in. Okay. Me and her are the best-looking people ever on your show. Oh, okay. That's only because when you stand beside Shaq and Ernie, I mean, I'm I'm best looking one by default compared to those three. Mm-hmm. So it's four parts, obviously. How long is each episode? Each episode is 90 minutes. It adds up to about five hours of content. So it was hard to fit 30 years into five hours, but I'm proud of the combination of moments that we used. You know, everyone's favorite moment is going to be in there from the diaper change to steam room to the Yao Ming kissing the donkey bet to Kenny's jersey retirement. But there's also some moments in there that I think people haven't seen or don't remember because they're not on YouTube. They're really deep cuts, I guess you could say. So it's a really fun collection of moments I think people will enjoy. The first one's tonight after the game. Yes. Instead of, instead of um, uh, the normal post-game show. Friday is at what time? Friday and Saturday at 9 p.m. Eastern. Mm-hmm. And then Sunday after the All-Star game. Exactly. So let me ask this question. You had to have a team, obviously. How did the team decide what was going to be in the documentary and what was going to be left on the cutting room floor? Well, I had the opportunity to work with two amazing editors, Peter Dennis and Leroy Williams. And they've been working on this every day for two years as well. But piecing it together really started with the interviews. And I also had an incredible production manager, Sarah Manili. We traveled the country together, conducting over 100 interviews with current and former players, with celebrity fans of the show, and obviously with our own crew. And they kind of helped me decide, you know, oh, that's got to be in there. Or, you know, we've got to find a spot for that in episode three, and let's move this to episode two. And so we kind of worked together as a team to decide that. And in addition to each of the four episodes, focusing on each of you, you know, episode one's Ernie, two Kenny, three Charles, four Shaq. We tried to find themes that we focus on in each episode. So we talk about chemistry in episode one. In the second show, we talk a lot about the role players behind the scenes, like Alex and Mike and Phil and Mickey. And Kenny tells the story of his pre-show dance with Mickey, fun stuff like that, which I'm excited for viewers to meet those people. We talk about the effect on pop culture that Kenny mentioned in show four. So that was fun to pick themes that we kind of visit in each episode as well, besides just each of your biographies. So, Audie, I mean, you don't have to break their heart. Episode three is probably your favorite. Oh, definitely. Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Right behind episode one. Thanks, Junior. (laughs) Uh, I, I do have a question. So you said you've been working on it for two years. Um, unbeknownst three years. Uh, yeah. three years, unbeknownst. However, in the last three years, so many things have happened. As you're making this and creating it, and then all of a sudden, this there's COVID-19, there's social injustice, there's so many things that happen. 
do you ever had to like change directions of the whole thing based on because every day we do something different that might make headline news? Yeah, that's a great question. We really tried to keep it current. It was actually supposed to air during the Western Conference Finals last year. And as y'all know better than anyone, last year was very unique with the NBA. And we decided to hold it because we wanted the story of 2020 to be in the show. Last year was a great microcosm of y'all's effect on the league and, and the game. Having Adam Silver on the show to talk about the league suspension and, you know, you supporting the players by leaving the desk in protest following the shooting of Jacob Blake. We, we wanted to include all of that. So that's why we made the decision to hold it until now. So I think we did a good job of making it current. But it was a challenge. Something would happen one night. We'd say, oh, we got to find a place to put that. I mean, Shaq might set itself on fire tonight and then exactly. it's like and it's like hey he's not in the, him, him catching off fire is not in it that'll be in the next one yeah we won't be able to fit that in but it's as current as it could be i think having seen it guys you won't i mean you won't believe it the way they've put it together is incredible they've and and it really is a tribute to everybody who's ever worked on the show because there are so many sound bites and etc from from people who work on the show but that the folks at home have never met and they contribute so much to the to the whole storytelling it's it's just uh, it's just so well done uh, so audrey props to you it's uh, Thank you. And, and everybody else who was who worked on it and drew watkins and deaton bell and obviously peter and leroy the uh, the editors because man did they do a job Definitely. And I never imagined I'd be on the podcast with you three, but since I am and I have the opportunity to say it, the goal really was to make something that you would be proud of when you watch it, because this isn't my story, it's y'all's story. And so I hope that when you watch it, we did your legacy justice and we did your show justice because I wanted it to be a love letter to y'all as well as a love letter to that crew. So I hope you feel that. Well, we'll reach out to you after we see the Dr. Brandon and let you know if you if it sucked or not. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> Thanks, Audrey. I appreciate right, you giving you. us a few minutes and sorry for the for the surprise. But no, uh, no. well done. Well done. I'll tell your husband I meet him in the frozen food section in about two hours. Sounds good. <laughs> that's a, like an inside joke. I keep bumping their husband at Publix. Yeah, I was going to say that, that probably begged a little explanation. So, yeah, like, yeah. I think that, I so think what's it like when you go to Publix, Chuck? Do you get swarmed at Publix? Uh, no, he has a mask on. No one recognizes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I, I, you know, I, I'm a Publix guy, and man, they, uh, so I like going there and I can get everything there. Uh, shout out to my boy Barney Barnett, who uh, who owns Publix. What's your favorite sandwich at Publix? Oh, anything turkey related. Turkey related. Smoked turkey, regular turkey. Yeah. Uh, that's just my thing. And then it just depends on what you're going to, but uh, just turkey. Multi-grain bread? Uh, yes. Oh, my gosh. What's, what's wrong, Kenny? We go from this great interview and talk to what you eat, and then you're like, Fried shrimp, buffalo shrimp, like a First of all, let, let me know you don't watch the podcast. We always get around the food at some point. You should be a loyal steamer. I'm not a loyal steamer, but I have I do steam every now and then. How can you not be a loyal steamer? We're your friends. No, because I see you every day. <laughs> first of all, that's a, lie. that's a lie. You see us once a week. But it's for like seven hours straight. <laughs> so it makes up for like... 
I have friends that I don't see seven hours in a week. Uh, uh, Ernie, he does have a point there. Believe me, I'd rather <laughs> see you guys for seven hours one night than for an hour every day. <laughs> seven hours. And then come back and watch it for two hours on a podcast? Like, come on. Hey, listen, it, it breaks my heart to say this, but Kenny's right. <laughs> Those are a couple of things that I hardly ever hear. You saying Kenny's right and Audrey saying, good question, Kenny. Yeah. <laughs> Jet, when you think back on 30 years of the show, man, is there anything in particular that stands out or anybody that you would say, you know what, talking about this thing, I want to point out this person? I don't know if I said this in the, in the uh, documentary. I think I left it out because somebody asked me the other day, I was at the house. And we were talking about it. And they were like, oh, you got documentaries coming out. And I was like, yeah. I don't know if Charles remembers this. This was like maybe his first month there. And it, we had like a night and we were just like crying on the set. Just, And then we went from crying to like criticizing somebody on batting the game. Then we went to highlighting somebody. And I was like, man, this is when, you know, everybody talks about Monday Night Football with uh, Don Meredith and with Howard Cosell. And I went to Chuck. I said, Chuck. We're funnier than Monday Night Football, man. I think we're better than Monday Night. And I, he had his headphones on. I don't know if he remember, but I remember saying that. And in my mind, I was like, they could make a movie about us one day. And here we are. Right now, they're making a documentary. I, I vividly remember thinking, like, man, they could make a movie. If we keep doing this for, like, years, a movie about that. I was thinking, like, in five years. Like, like, oh, in five years, if we keep doing this funny stuff, then Shaq comes in and, like, then it, it's like, oh, man, here it is. So that is it. That's the moment I remember in the green room that do this. Because if people who don't know, he sits to my left every – until COVID. We sat next to each other for nine, 20 straight years. There are so many things that he says and does, but – and he's OCD. That's another story. But, you know, that to me stands out and me thinking – they can make a movie about us. And then now they're making a documentary. Well, for me, Ernie, we talked about it on the podcast before. Like, we're on television for the last 20 years. We've been on from like 8 to 2 in the morning. Hey, as much as I love basketball, I don't want to sit and watch basketball for six hours. Nobody want to watch basketball, football, baseball, tennis, golf. Nobody want to watch it. I love golf. I'll watch a whole round, but I don't want to sit there for six hours because I go crazy. But the thing that we have done, and shout out to everybody, especially Alex uh, and those guys upstairs, my boy Underdog, who can, we can say something funny or stupid, and within 30 seconds, it's, our head is on something. But to keep America entertained for all these years, they know that these guys are going to do something. They're going to be informative, number one. They're going to be funny and stupid, and it's worth it for me to stay, to stay somewhere loaded in that six-hour period. And uh, one of the driving forces, obviously, behind uh, the show for 30 years is a guy who's been here for like 25. He's the legendary producer, uh, the longtime legendary producer of Inside the NBA, Tim Kiley. Way to throw words around like legendary. Yeah. What's up, Jet? Hey, <laughs> T. Kizzle. What's going on? i tell you, TK, as much as we could take, you know, we're on the outside. On the inside, the decisions that you've made that people don't know how valuable they are, I would say I want to give you your flowers because there are certain things on television that I watch other shows. They never did, but they do because you may. I remember sitting in the room and you going, 
No, Kenny, you don't have to look at the camera if you don't want to. We got 10 cameras, we'll find you. No, you know what? You don't have to wear a white shirt all the time, Kenny. You can wear whatever. You don't dress like that. You can dress the way you like to dress. And you can wear any <laughs> kind of shirt. And before it was like all news guys wore white shirts and ties. No one was wearing bow ties. No one was wearing any other. Like all of those little subtle decisions that make us who we are. You know, you had somebody had to pull the trigger because it was so unconventional. And you and you put your neck on the line on the chocolate block and you don't get that credit. And I'm going to give it to you today. Thank you, Jed. I appreciate it. But I have a question for you. What's that? Why does Chuck suck so much at game shows and when he's under pressure? Oh, my gosh. I asked. What, do you, what, wait, 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 what does that mean? Here, here's a clip from Kimmel. I love watching your show. You know that. And not just for the basketball. I love uh, the shots you guys take at each other and the things that you, you say are not things that you really hear on television. And I thought it might be fun to play a game. Uh, these are things that you have said, the words that have come out of your mouth. I'm going to read these quotes to you. You tell me if you can remember who you said them about, okay? Okay. All right. It's called, Who'd I Say That About? With Charles Barkley. <laughs> I would love to see his fat ass get eaten by a shark. Rig Mahorn. There is Shaquille O'Neal is the answer to that question. <laughs> he steps on the scale and it says, one at a time, please. That's got to be Oliver Miller. That's Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> if, if God is so great, how come he didn't give you a better jump shot? Who did you say that to? Uh, um, uh, Kenny Smith. A.C. Green. <laughs> One more. And this, you better quit yelling at me, Karen. Oh, that's Shaquille. Shaquille O'Neal, that is right. <laughs> yeah, they stole our stuff, Ernie. No, but that's my point. That is what I'm saying. It's like, Things that we and you have made decisions on, they become part of the fabric of pop culture. I, I always say this, and, and, and I don't know if it's true or not true. I had never seen a meme on social media till Alex did it. Mm. Now, it was done, and he says he got it from another show that he was kind of like he used to watch. But the show that he named, I still don't even know the name of. So, like, he named some show that I had never heard of. But memes did not exist to me until we started doing memes on our show. The best thing that happened to us when I was taking grief was the way we were doing the show, you guys would come out at halftime and say, this game stinks. And I'd get yelled at by the NBA or I'd get yelled at by TNT or whatever. But Twitter was the thing that said we were telling the truth. And that we were not, you know, we weren't sugarcoating things. We weren't trying to say a 35-point game was going to, there was going to be a comeback. We were able to be honest, you know, and I think that's, that comes from you guys. I mean, I can't thank you guys enough because this documentary is full and loaded of, you're able to make fun of yourselves and make fun of Shaq and make fun of each other. And, it, and like Ernie said a million times, it's brothers. Hey, I just got to say this. Please tell me the zebra is in the documentary. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll give you one that isn't, though, that gives you something about Kenny. 
Do you guys remember we did the show at Magic's Place in Compton, and uh, we were supposed to introduce Outcast? Yeah. Yes. Yes. So they got Steve Harvey, and he was supposed to introduce <laughs> Outcast. He thought he was emceeing the whole night, Chuck. When he found out he was just introducing one band, he walked off pissed off. So the next I had no idea what was going on. Next day, I get a phone call from Kenny in L.A., and he says, Hey, man, are you wearing your uh, media badge? I said, yeah, what are you talking about? I'm going over to the compound. He goes, turn it around. You don't want anybody to see your name. I was on Steve Harvey's radio show, and I told him that a white guy did him like that, and his name is Tim Kiley. <laughs> hey, I'm the one who had to cut him off when we were <laughs> when we were live, man. You know, I'm getting that in my ears. That that's all we need from him. We need to we need to take it back. And I'm like, hey, Steve Harvey, thank you. And it's like, <laughs> hey, hey, Steve was, hey, Chuck, Steve comes over to me. He was like, these motherfuckers, they got me out here. I flew in from across the country. They just want me to interview outcasts. Who they think I am? That's a great story. I was thinking about something the other day. I was looking at an old photograph and I said, you know what? This was this didn't make its way into the dock, but remember when we got to ring the bell at the stock exchange that day? Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, that was great. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. Man, what a career highlight that was, man. That was cool. I got to ask a question, but I need Kenny to apply the pressure because only he can do this. This is what makes Charles screw up the most is when Kenny's chirping in his ear. You know who that dude is. Come on. You know who that dude is. <laughs> yeah. So, Chuck, you said this once. The 92 Dream Team has a goal when they play Panama. Uh I don't remember. Oh my gosh, Chuck! You just oh, say something. Oh about wait, you. I think I think I said something about the canal, right? You said that's it, and you got it. Yeah, you wanted to get the canal back. I don't get that canal back. <laughs> yeah. You know the one thing that I, I realized too is like Charles is kind of like he's got the Dave Chappelle, Kevin Hart, Eddie Murphy, G four classification. So you could say things, and I learned that like the first week there that everyone will say, oh, that's Chuck. Chuck is, he, yeah, we get it, it's Chuck. Because you've created a body of work throughout your playing career that most of us only get interviewed about basketball. So they understand where you're going in your humor. If I had said that at that time. Over. Or now. No one would, no one would un understand how did I get to that point. Yeah. With you, we all understand how you got there. <laughs> Kenny, I've always called that it's like the Ted Turner thing. It's like the Ted Turner diplomatic immunity because Ted used to say the most outrageous things in the world and people would dismiss it. Oh, that's just Ted being Ted and Charles. No, so it's Charles being Charles. Yeah. And, and so I, I think of some of the things that have been said on that show and, and said that uh, if I had said them, then the next time you heard me on a microphone, I'd be saying, go ahead, pump six. You're ready. Sounds like <laughs> I used to work at TNT. <laughs> Uh, since we gave TK out of love, we got to give a shout out to Fiorello, Jeremy. Jeremy Levin. Yes, yeah, indeed. It's, it's just Absolutely. So, it's, it's so many people who make this thing work. I mean, you know, I mean, the, the, you know, my boy Matt, Anthony, Jason, all the makeup people, all the makeup girls. My girl Mickey in makeup and Jemmy. Uh, it's just so many people. That now, first, and Maxie, our first makeup Oh, yeah, Maxie. Shout out to Maxie. <laughs> 20 years. Yeah, Max had fell in love and left us. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it's just been so smart move. Yeah, it's been so many people, man. I just want to thank everybody for, you know, for yeah. a, a great 20 year run, brother. It's a 30 year run, 20 for you. But it's, uh, 
it's the inside story, 30 years of inside the NBA. The doc starts on uh, the day we're taping this on Thursday, March 4th, and then it's March 5th, 6th, and 7th. And and just to underline your point, Chuck, about the story, the, sh- the show being about everybody who makes it happen, believe me, if if you and me and Shaq and Kenny showed up at the studio, we wouldn't know what button to push or what what switch to flip to try to get on the air. So believe me, we're just, we're just, uh, we just take our seats and do our thing, but it's everybody else behind the scenes who makes it happen. So, and I said, I think, I don't know if it's in the doc, but I said it, I say it a lot, Ernie, there's not one person who's worked on our show for five years or more that could, will not say, Oh, that would, that's what I said to Chuck. And he said it on the air. That's what I said to Kenny. He said it on the, I said that Great to Ernie, call, Kenny. and it made everyone has a voice Everyone, if you're in the makeup to the people who are you know, catering, everyone has a voice that we're like, that's funny or that's real. That's true. And it goes to the show. It goes to the show. Everybody has a voice. And I think that, TK, again, I don't know anybody else, producers or directors and with Steve and guys would, would let that happen. Yeah, no, we could, if the security guard has a good idea, I'll steal it and give him credit on the air for it. Nico! Chico's made more. Chico's had a security. <laughs> no question. And more, yeah. he's been mentioned more in our show than anyone. Aside from underdog. Aside from underdog. Okay. True. And light-skinned Jermaine. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> light-skinned Jermaine with the Smediums on. Yeah, LSJ. All right. I'll see you, boys. All see right. you tonight. All right. All right, TK. Good talking to you. Kenny, have you had enough of the steam room for, for the day? I just want either my bracelet or a rope. If I don't get one of the two, I'm never coming back. We appreciate you uh, abiding by the rules of, of the podcast. Anybody who comes into the steam room must keep their towel on. So we appreciate that. I'm, I'm about three months away from not wearing a towel. I've been working on my ab work. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna do a shack one day and just pull my shirt off. Yeah, I, I've seen your uh, trainer. Hey, just wear a tighter shirt like your trainer. You can look bulky. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you tonight, Jet. Uh, oh, really? For seven hours. See you later. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was that was hilarious. Uh, he, that was so funny he's like dude you, you see, I see you guys every day like no you don't you see us one day a week but it's for like seven hours that's like good point <laughs> very good point Chuck and Ernie in steam room come and join us in steam room Chuck and Ernie in steam room leave your towel on in steam Welcome back, loyal steamers. By the way, this podcast is proudly presented by our friends at Tissot, the official watch of the NBA. The T is silent. Tissot. Yeah, the, the final T is silent. The final T is silent. If they were both silent, it'd be ESO. Oso. We wrap up every episode of the podcast, The Steam Room, going old school. We take calls on Chuck's answering machine, which is uh, 404 987-0330-404-987-0330. Got a couple of calls this week. Roll it. You've reached Charles Barkley. Leave a message, America. Hello, guys. My name is Hakim from Switzerland. First of all, I want to thank you guys for entertaining me. I mean, I love listening to you. And then, second of all, I wanted to ask Chuck, because uh, I've heard once in an interview that he doesn't like bananas. He doesn't like to eat bananas. So I wanted to know if if he would rather eat a donut who smells like a banana, or if he would 
rather eat a banana who smells like a donut. Thank you, guys, and peace from Switzerland. What, what a question. I love it. Well, that, yeah. First of all, Hakeem from Switzerland. Yeah. I bet he wears a T-shirt. Yeah, I bet he does. First of all, shout out to Roger Federer, one of the best to ever do it, maybe even the GOAT. So, uh, number one, uh, as far as fruit, I do not like bananas. Everybody knows that. I only eat two fruits. That's apples and pears. Uh, that's the only two fruits that I really like. I love pears. Pears is probably my favorite, but I do. I will eat apples every now and then. Uh, Hakeem, to answer your question, I'd rather eat a donut that tastes like a banana. Smell like a banana. Smell like a banana. If it tasted like a banana, why would you eat it if you don't like the taste of bananas? That's why I said. That's why I said I would not eat a banana that tasted like a donut because I hate that mushy thing. It's like avocado. I don't like avocado either because it's just a bowl of mush. So it's the consistency and not really the taste of the banana. Yes, definitely the consistency of the banana is why I don't like bananas. Well, maybe you need to eat a banana that's not been sitting in that bowl getting all brown and mushy. First of all, I don't think you should be leaving fruit around in a bowl, uh, number one. That's just weird. Yeah, only billions of people do it. Well, if you buy a banana, you eat it on the spot, or you keep it in the refrigerator. Chuckster, they come in bunches. Yeah, like you, five you, or six. You go to, you've already talked today about going to the grocery store. So you get five or six bananas. You come back, you don't put them in the fridge. Why would you eat more, like more than one banana? That you-, you have them there. You say, hey, I'm going to slice this up on my cereal this week. I'm going to do this with it. I'm going to make some banana bread, whatever. But nobody has ever gone into a store and bought one banana. Yeah, but you don't put bananas on cereal either, Ernie. Oh, come on, man. Yes, you do. Uh, Wheaties and bananas? Breakfast of champions, man. Ernie, I'm from the hood. We couldn't afford Wheaties. We had Cheerios. Cheerios and bananas. No, I've had it no, on that. I, no, I put no. bananas on all kinds of cereal. Hey, listen, I had thought we had made it when we got raisin brands one year. But the rest of the time, it was just Cheerios. I and mean, apparently, they're good for your heart. So I'm good. And bananas are a good source of potassium, and they keep you from cramping. Hey, first of all, let me tell you something. Ain't nothing can stop cramping. That's the worst feeling in the world. There's nothing worse than cramping, boy. That is the worst feeling in the world. You think it's over. Yeah. But no, I'd rather cramp than eat bananas. I'm not going to lie. All right. So, But just so Hakeem knows, you would rather eat a donut that smells like a banana. Yes. Shout out to Switzerland listening to the podcast. That's, you know, that's pretty special. It's awesome. I mean, to have somebody in Switzerland listen to our stupid podcast, man, that's pretty cool. You can put bananas on oatmeal too, by the way. That's also good. No, you you just put cinnamon and raisins, brother. Or you can put bananas on there too. Open your horizons a little bit, man. Man, you're so set in your ways. I am because I want to eat when I want to eat. I don't want to experiment. If I put some crap on my food and it don't taste good, I just wasted a meal. And that's nothing worse than wasting a meal. You can put raisins and some nuts and some cinnamon. That's the only thing I would ever put on my oatmeal. All right. Hey, please, let's let's take another call. Well, hello, Sir Charles and uh, Eddie. What? My name is Kayvon, and I'm calling you from your favorite city in the world, Sir Charles, Toronto. I'm an Iranian-born Canadian, and I've been a fan of you before internet and back in Iran. American basketball or American anything was taboo. So we would have friends smuggle games on tapes to us, and we would all sit around and watch a month-old game, analyzing it and enjoying every second of it. And uh, Mr. Johnson, Mr. Ernie Johnson, your son may have some physical limitations, 
But to me, he's one of the luckiest human beings since he gets to call you dad. Thank you for all the laughs, all the serious talks, and caring for your communities. I listen to you guys when I'm working out, and I almost dropped the weight on my face a few times, laughing, laughing my butt off. <laughs> Thank you from Toronto. Wow. Thank you very much for the kind words. I appreciate the kind words. And, um, you know, father is six, and I'm, and I'm sure that he was referring to, uh, to Michael, who is uh, a miracle at the age of 32 with muscular dystrophy and been on a ventilator for almost 10 years now. And uh, he's, done, uh, he's done more for our family than, we did, uh, than we've done for him since uh, we adopted him from Romania. So there's not much more I can say other than uh, thank you. That means, that means a world to me. You know, it's interesting. Uh, number one, he talks about anything American in his country was taboo and smuggling. I want people to think about that, how lucky we are to be in the United States, even with all the issues and things we got going on. But I want to thank him. Number one, I agree, man, Uh, you know, to adopt a kid like you and Cheryl Land did and give him an amazing life. And he's blessed, enhanced you guys life is a miracle. Uh, It's just a miracle. And every time uh, I go to your house and Michael, First of all, his memory on cars is the craziest things ever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to, to, to remember what kind of car everybody had from years and years and years. When you say, Ernie, what kind of car does Vince Carter drive? Blah, blah, blah. What kind of car does Grant Hill have? What kind of car does uh, Chris Weber have? And for him to have that memory, like, oh, Vince Carter drives a, I mean, it's just amazing. No, it, you know, and it's crazy too, Chuck, because as he's uh, been growing up, I mean, like we'd be at the mall and some one of his teachers from eight years earlier might be in the mall and see his wheelchair and come up and say, Michael, do you remember me? And he'd say Dodge Caravan, gray, silver interior. (laughs) (laughs) It always blows your mind. And it's also good because I'd see somebody coming down the coming toward me in the mall. And I'm and I'm saying, man, I do not remember this person's name. And I say, Michael, who is this? Name is Stan, drives a Dodge. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, and I say, hey, Stan, how are you? Oh, wow, Ernie, I'm surprised you remembered my name. Oh, oh, that's no, awesome. No, no problem. <laughs> but, but yeah, so Michael, man, he's brought joy to all of us, the times we've been around him. Yeah. But, uh, yo, my man, I want to, number one, Toronto's my favorite city in the world. Uh, I love that city. Can't wait to get back there when all this COVID crap is over. But thanks for being uh, a, a listen to the podcast. We want people to enjoy the podcast, have fun. Most of the time, we want it to be fun. Sometimes we have serious subjects we have to talk about. I think that's really important. But when people tell me they love the podcast, my man in Minnesota, I think it was Minnesota last year, who had PTSD, and he gave us the most emotional call. That was amazing. We had the lady who had lost her job. And say, hey, I was really down and depressed when I lost my job. And I started going for a walk, listening to you guys. And y'all just make me laugh. Man, if we can just brighten somebody's day for a little time every week, that's, that, that makes the podcast worth it. And we thank y'all for your support. And that's what it's all about, Chuckster. Well said. And, um, and to all those who have, who have said that, uh, that they enjoy it and, uh, and look forward to listening to it, no more than we enjoy bringing it to you. Because this has been uh, this has been a kick. We've you know we're over forty episodes deep over a season and a and uh, and a half or so. And thank you guys for continuing to listen. Thanks for continuing to call. And um, yeah, it's good to laugh. Hey, a little teaser next week. 
We're going to start geared up for March Madness. Yes, we are. So I'm just giving you, it's going to be a college basketball-related theme next week yes. for our guests. And if you need so if you're trying to figure out, okay, I, I need a little primer here on college basketball. I want to know who's going to make a deep run. I got to fill out my bracket and all that kind of thing. We will have you covered next week. And I've already bet people starting with Kennedy Jet Smith, Baylor, Gonzaga, and Michigan, and I gave him the field. I made that bet with about 10 people, so I'm not changing Wolverines got it uh, got it they handed got to them down. the other night by Illinois. Yeah, yeah, they did. It's going to be interesting, Chuck. It always is. I can't wait for I can't wait for the madness, man. I, I can't wait, and I hope everybody's healthy because, man, I want to give a shout out to these kids, man. That they've been through a lot. I think we've gotten further than anybody thought we would. No doubt, no doubt. That's going to do it for uh, this episode of the steam room. I feel like I've said that a couple of times here, but we just keep on going. But that's the way it is when you got me and Chuck and we have so much to say and no time limit. So we will see you next week talking college hoop. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you.